0: Ryan, Trista, and Nick are back on BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.
1: Ranger is already with a 1-0 lead over the Orioles in the second inning. You got a 14-0 Coastal Carolina lead over App State. You're happy about
2: that. Good job. I need it, man. After those damn Cowboys ripped my soul oh. out, my Packers, which I knew the Raiders were the right side, but my uh, reasoning last night, it was my birthday, and I wanted to
1: cheer for my And team. that's fine. Uh, we tried to tell you about the Cowboys, though, and now you finally see. I
0: didn't. I, I went along with it, too. I lost I mean, a lot of money. Hey, anyway. I feel like you, but
1: you in general have been at least pessimistic about the Cowboys, yeah, but you're also a fan, on. so, like, emotions there, it's kind of different. I
0: dug in. Ryan was like, hey, why don't you dig into the numbers? Tell me what you see. And I was like, <laughs> he's right. The numbers say the Cowboys should really dominate the line of scrimmage, and they got dominated.
2: I mean, like, it was a four-point Sometimes. spread. They played those games close the last couple of years. I would actually refund you if I had any funds whatsoever, <laughs> but I lost
1: that no, and more. Yeah. It's it's
2: a ramen noodle-type week at
1: the Hobart House. I feel you,
0: dude. I feel you. I'm Sometimes
1: making, making, women lie, men lie, numbers lie, guys. This is like
0: a reused cup from four days ago. <laughs> that's I reused, actually I did the tea myself. I steeped it, put ice in it, tap water ice. Yeah, that's where we're at right now.
1: Well, thank God we have Chase Kitty, host of the Lion's Edge podcast, jumping on with us because he can help a, a little bit of a rebound when it comes this week. But first, uh, I, I don't. I think we'd be crazy to not at least bring up what happened with the Cowboys 49ers game. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head how in or out you were on the Cowboys, but I assume now you're at least going to jump with me what I've been saying all year that the cowboys are frauds chase uh,
3: i mean how how big of an umbrella do we want for the term fraud because if we're comparing them to san francisco i think there's going to be a lot of frauds. my favorite part of the handicapping about the sunday night game was i heard a lot of people say they like the cowboys because it's like well it's a good number you get three and the hook and it's two great defenses and you know it's a valuable number That, to me, screamed, you should bet the 49ers, just because that's not an actual argument for why the Cowboys were a good side. So I don't know. If the idea is San Francisco... Congratulations,
0: Chase. You won the bet. I
3: did. I did. Uh, If if the idea was, if if San Francisco's the measuring stick and we're comparing everybody to them, then, yeah, the Cowboys are a fraud. But I think that makes almost everybody a fraud. And... I would not be so quick to write off the Cowboys in the NFC because I I still think they're going to have a pretty good defense and a pretty good record at the end of the season I just think San Francisco might be that much better than everybody
0: I know we want to believe in the Bengals and that they're back and that Joe Burrow's finally healthy because you know Jamar Chase set a Cincinnati Bengals record for receptions but Seahawks coming off of a bye they haven't shown us anything else doesn't it feel a little bit like recency bias in terms of why the Bengals are three point favorites at the crib
3: yes I agree with you but and it's a big but I think Burrow looked a lot better against Arizona and if you want to argue hey man it's Arizona and eventually that that water was going to find its level I think that's a fair argument but the first four weeks watching the Bengals Burrow was so immobile he was so he, he couldn't scramble he was taking every snap in the shotgun because he couldn't go under center and hand it off it just felt like he was compromised and so the offense was compromised and that is not how he looked against Arizona, so maybe if that's a sign that Burrow is healthier and that he can run that offense a little better, then I do think that's a a pretty noteworthy change in terms of how you evaluate the Bengals
2: uh, Chase, sticking with the National Football League, we got the dolphins all the way out to thirteen and a half. The open was seven, uh but it makes sense man, because let like let's be honest here um. You know the competition not very good in this game with the uh, Carolina Panthers, just making sure that number is really there. 13-and-a-half, yeah, where a same. game is, the total is 48-and-a-half. Wow, that's a big number.
3: What are you going to do in that one? I'm betting the Dolphins. I am I am not being afraid of laying big numbers with big offenses against bad teams. That That is, and I know that is very against the old school way of doing things, like you know, old-school professional handicappers will tell you they make their margin because they bet bad teams in big numbers. I wonder how relevant that kind of philosophy is in the modern NFL where the best teams have super powerful offenses and are just – like, compare how innovative this Dolphins offense is against this Panthers offense. It is hard to find a bigger contrast. And so I know – you sound really smart when you say, I actually think the values on the Panthers plus the 13-and-a-half. Like, I know that's the classic way of handicapping. I just think modern NFL, modern offenses, I'm less afraid to lay two touchdowns than I've ever been.
1: I mean, the thing, too, with this Panthers offense, Chase, is they're actually – more efficient with Andy Dalton out there. I mean, I know Bryce Young's the future, but when you watch the Panthers, like, do you see a team that maybe at this point needs to sit Bryce, Bryce Young for a couple of games, a few games, I mean, something? Because they look horrible with him out there. He just doesn't look ready.
3: Well, here's the problem, Nick. If you feel like you messed up with Bryce Young, or even if you feel like the team is more competitive in the short term with somewhere else, there's no path to getting better that doesn't go through Bryce Young getting snaps because they don't have a draft pick for next year it's the best quarterback class in who knows how many nfl draft years and they don't have a way to get to one of those quarterbacks because they gave their pick to chicago so unless they are planning some crazy move that involves mortgaging all their picks and future stuff to get back into the first round of next year's draft so they can get one of these guys and they're already willing to punt on bryce young which i think might be a little early for that you kind of have to play with the guy you drafted to be your future guy uh they're they're going to be bad this year (laughs) like there's there's no path to them being good this year so you might as well give reps to the guy you wanted to invest your future in
0: are you buying into the trend of the team that comes back from london uh has a absolute hangover especially when they play a divisional rival which is jags coming back from two weeks there playing the colts at home
3: you know the the fascinating thing with that trend, Trista, in this specific spot, is Jacksonville's coming back from London, and that's a big trend. But just as big a trend is I don't think the Colts have won in Jacksonville since Barack Obama was president. I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. So I, it's it's like it's one of those situations where okay, pick your trend because one of them's gonna be wrong. Yeah, no, I agree with. Unless
0: that. Unless you just take the Colts plus four, because they could still lose.
3: I don't. I don't know if they've covered a lot of those either. I just mm-hmm. I, I, something about it's like Jacksonville's the Bermuda Triangle for the Colts. I don't know what it is. I think I like the Colts in that game oh, a little no. bit. Actually, I kind of <laughs> do. I
2: kind of do too. They're going to keep that one close. I don't think there's much of a drop off. I'm our a little guy worried Minch. about yeah. Richardson.
0: Yeah, but Minshew's good.
2: Oh, uh, Chase, I uh, think there's a typo here. So the biggest game this weekend, in my opinion. Not USC, Notre Dame, after Notre Dame lost to Tell them, Ryan. Chris Tell them what the biggest is game is. The biggest game this weekend. Quack, quack. Georgia Chris- Southern oh, no. taking on JMU James Madison. And this has to be a typo, Chase, because I know you wouldn't fade JMU, but right now, Scott, our executive producer, the great Scott Lynn, puts in my notes that you're fading JMU? You traitor? Is this real?
3: <laughs> hey, man. Everybody in Harrisonburg knows I love the Dukes. I don't know. I love money. <laughs> and if if I can if I can get the latter at the expense of the former, it doesn't impact my love for my great alma mater. I like Georgia Southern. JMU is five and zero, and I'm super happy about it. But they are a little bit lucky, probably, to be five and zero. The way they've won some of these games, I mean, I I don't I don't want to bore everybody with a recap of the first six weeks of JMU's football. But like, there's been a lot of tight games and some pretty weird stuff that's happened uh and and like super happy about it but jmu's secondary is not very good and georgia southern could throw for 600 yards against this defense i'm pretty sure so i I think there's a reason five and oh jmu playing at home off of a bye is only a three and a half point favorite against georgia southern i think that's a very clear signal the problem is there's a lot of weather that's going to hit the mid-atlantic this weekend it's going to affect i think the penn state umass game which i've got to play in i think it's going to affect this georgia southern jmu game probably the maryland illinois game all games i think they're going to have to deal with rain and if it rains all afternoon at jmu that's a pretty big advantage for jmu playing against a big air raid style offense like georgia southern has with clay helton so I like Georgia Southern plus the points. I bought the money line a couple weeks ago. I'm now wondering if I'm going to get burnt on weather. Because if it rains all day, I actually kind of like Jamie.
2: Are you going to the game in five seconds or less? <laughs> I am not. Some fan you are, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the, the Penn state UMass game. Are you, I'm assuming you're probably targeting an under in that game? That's correct. What about anything else in terms of uh, good, just totals you're breakdown. looking at? Good yeah.
0: breakdown, Chase. <laughs> really thank, informative. Thank
3: I, I mean, how is UMass going to score anything on like Penn State, even if it if it was perfect October weather in you know in Happy Valley? No way. It's an, it's an underplay for me, probably even if there was no weather. I think one of my favorite plays of the week is probably Louisville minus eight. I talk every week on Lines Edge about how bad Pitt's offense is, and what this line tells me oh. is that betters are a little uh, – I don't even say – I don't want to say betters. The market – is maybe a little anxious after the big Notre Dame win about what if there's a letdown in sleepy Oakland to playing against Pittsburgh. I, I think that gives far too much credit to how you know Pittsburgh's offense, if not mediocre, if not below average, it's the worst P five offense in college football this yeah, year. They're, it's they're- really Bad.
2: Their quarterback it's, is now their tight end, Phil Djokovic. He he now yeah. literally plays tight end, so I'm with you. I think so that's bad. a good breakdown on that one, Chase. Yeah, <laughs>
3: it, it's really bad. I honestly think the number should be like 17, and it's 8, so there you go.
0: Chase, the real big game outside of Notre Dame-USC is is the game that's going to decide the Pac-12, and that's Oregon-Washington. I can't take Oregon as a three-point dog just because it's it's a stressful situation you know seattle's a very tough place to play michael Penix and this offense is probably the most potent that we're going to see all year uh what would you do in this game and like what are you seeing from what both of these teams do well and the weaknesses that the other team can exploit
3: Trista, is this a sly dig at me that you're a better alumnus or alumna than I am an alumnus? You're not going to bet against your team.
0: I would bet against them, yeah, but I actually think them. the right side is Oregon. Quack plus three, but I just can't do it. The only thing I would do is take Washington money line. That's the only thing I could do.
3: I I I kind of think Washington is the side I would bet. I mean, this is a classic. Just enjoy the game, and you don't need to have involvement in it. But I think I would bet Washington. I trust Penix more than I trust Bo Nix, and and that's not even a slight at Bo Nix because he's he's third in the Heisman market for a reason. He's played really well this year, like huge credit to him. But I think I trust Washington more. I think you can play the results game a little bit with Oregon and look back at their schedule and go, well, are we a, are we as impressed with that Colorado win now as we were in the moment? Like, what what are the other? you know, signs that maybe they, they're they capable of going on the road and winning this game. USC almost walk.
0: lost to Colorado, Chase. <laughs> USC!
3: Didn't we all agree that that was going to happen, though? We Not did. that they were going to lose, but, like, USC was going to get up big, and then Colorado was going to score a bunch on their defense just late. Like, was that was kind of predictable. Just saying it
0: was a more impressive win than you're making it out to be.
3: I don't know. I Maybe. <laughs> I could be wrong. You could be right. But I, I think... I I looked back at the game last year. I think Washington's better this year than they were last year. They won that game at Oregon last year. I just if if you're it's clearly a game between two really good teams with two really good quarterbacks. I think Oregon's defense is probably a touch better, and, and if they end up winning, I think that's the reason why because they're a little bit more balanced than Washington. I just think that X offense is so good. And if you have to get into a shootout with them, I don't know who beats them yeah, because it's that out. good an offense. They're
0: going to blow us
2: out, I think. Oh, Chase, you talked about a couple of these games, some weather <laughs> games where you like the under. What are you going to do in this LSU game? Because I don't think you could take an under in an LSU game. I believe 10 straight games have went over the total. They don't play any defense, and that offense is electric.
3: Yeah, LSU sticks to note to the over. Uh, and, and frankly, I'm kind of surprised that this number is only 60 the way that Jaden Daniels has mm-hmm. been – you know running up scores Jaden daniels can score on almost any defense and almost any offense can score a bunch on lsu's defense so i'm pretty much auto betting lsu overs every week until they give me a reason not to with the number and at 60 that's just not high enough
1: all right got about like 60 seconds here anything else you haven't gotten to that you want to put out now in terms of any plays nfl college football this weekend
3: uh, yeah, I've got a weird Mac game. Let me get into my notes. Yes. Western Michigan plus eight and a half. I, I think the short version is it's one of those games where Miami, who's the opponent, Miami of Ohio, they're like five and one, and Western Michigan's two and four. And so just the disparity of records kind of inflates the favorite. But really, when you look at the schedules, Miami has – not really beating anybody outside of that Cincinnati game. and It's a rivalry game that goes their way in overtime. Western Michigan played a really tough schedule, so I just think Western Michigan at home, north of a touchdown, good value there because of the semiotics of the records and everything.
1: Chase Kitty, Lions Edge Podcast. Download, subscribe, do all the things, say nice things about it. Also, a traitor to JMU, as we've learned. So there yeah. you go. And all those things. Ryan's very upset with you, Chase, just so you know. <laughs>
2: Ouch. <laughs> it's okay, Chase. I bet against Notre Dame last week. It's true, he did. Really so. big. Yeah, why are you giving me a hard time for then? <laughs> he's know. a big hypocrite. You know that. I That's... was just shocked that you would do such a thing. It's such a big game, Chase. No, uh, I think he's on the right side there, though. I agree with everything that Chase said except for Trista's Ducks. Quack, 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 bitches. <laughs> I haven't been this excited for a Ducks team since We're Charlie up. Conway. I have to uh, use the bathroom. God, so,
1: sorry to not. the uh, social team, and everybody. One or two? For around a little bit. I hope it's not what I was dealing with. That's In all I got to say. Drake and Gucci we won't Mane. see him for a while. We won't see him for a while. That's all I got to say. Uh, what we learned from Monday Night Football next? It's BetMGM tonight.
0: Nick, Trista, and Ryan are taking a short break. Stay tuned because there's plenty more to come on BetMGM tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL.